All right, how's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders of You. All right, we're here. Everyone's, everyone's dying, apparently. The world's <laughs> about to end. Whole lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, I guess fortunately it doesn't impact anything we're talking about, really. Um, so I mean, I guess that's good. But yeah, coronavirus is uh, running rampant everywhere, and over the last d- two days, it has overtaken the United States. Not as in a bunch of people are getting it, but everyone no. is in full. Well, not full, but everyone's in panic mode. That that that's a good way to put it. Everyone's oh, in sure panic is. mode. Um, I believe there's been 39 confirmed cases in the state that we're in. Um, out of uh, I don't remember how many million people are in the state of Georgia, but you know, it's nothing is all that serious in the United States yet, for the most no. part. I think there's some areas. I think of New York and a few things that are more than others, but. So I mean I but I I mean I get it. They're trying to get a jump on everything. So they've canceled sure, yeah. all sporting events are gone. Movies are pretty much being pushed back. Uh concerts are all canceled. Pretty much everything's being canceled. Um at least at least for the next 2 weeks and uh probably at least for a month. And then we'll see you know, we'll see if they can get a handle on this thing and hopefully stuff can get back to normal sooner rather than later. But anyway, we're still here. And we're going to talk about uh, non-coronavirus-related stuff and non-news stuff because yes. that's the news. That That is the news. That, that's, that's the, the Batman news. news. That's the Batman yeah. news. That's the entertainment news. That's everything. There's really nothing else current to talk about. <laughs> now, fortunately, the production of the Batman hasn't been halted yet, uh, as far that's as I good. know. But yeah, so far. I've heard, I know a couple of movies that you know, they've, they've stopped you know working on it for the time being. But so far, not the Batman. So hopefully there's no... And luckily, we're still like a year out, so they have plenty yeah, of time yeah. to miss a month or whatever. Yeah, but they uh, obviously the first big one was the James Bond film being James pushed Bond. back, which which I also don't think is solely for coronavirus. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's said, a lot of other stuff in there. Yeah, uh, some bad, um, some bad um, test screenings apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, it's Mulan, Quiet Place Two, Fast and Furious. Uh, I forget what else. Ah, uh, those are the big ones for now. Yeah, I mean those are big ones. Not yeah, a lot. So not a lot's coming out in the next month anyway. So yeah, because you know. like the summer movies, like Black Widow, Mulan, they or uh, Wonder Woman still have plenty of time. Probably they'll be fine. But yeah, yeah. But we'll see. You know, we'll see what that ends up affecting as we sure. we continue to move forward. But anyway, we're gonna get started with the show. We're back in Batman in that Batman the Animated Series this week. So we got the what? final three episodes from Volume 1 of Batman the Animated Series to talk about. We got Appointment yeah. in Crime Alley, Mad as a Hatter, and Dreams in Darkness. So we're going to get to those a little bit later on. But first, we got to talk, of course, uh, what we've been watching and then Movie Swap. Uh, this will be fast. Have not watched a single movie. So, uh, Ian? Oh, uh, well, I saw one. Oh, okay. Uh, Man, you are doing terrible along. yeah i know i just i mean i'm doing uh, terrible too i mean but i, I you have an excuse had, yeah i haven't had time and i've been watching a lot more wrestling than i've been watching movies so that's another thing but that's yeah. neither here nor there um 
check out my other wrestling podcast behind the gorilla um anyway so what did what did you watch well i finally saw knives out um oh yeah i did see that you saw that yeah i think we're we're mostly in agreement with that movie yeah i think so i gave it three i think you gave it three and a half stars um i i think if anyone else had done it i probably would have given it three and a half but yeah my, my biggest problem with the movie um it's just that I, I think Ryan Johnson it just he he's so paranoid about subverting expectations. I think it's affecting his writing clearly. He, from the he last thinks he's weeks. really smart too. Oh yeah, and and like his biggest fear of anything is not disappointing people, but it's being predictable. As if being predictable is always a bad thing, which is not right. Uh, which you want to be, you know, unpredictable. But the whole isn't the about. whole point of a who done it? Like, isn't that like the whole point? And then to right. subvert the expectation by not making it a whodunit, really, yeah, seems well, that's a little thing. weird. And all the marketing and all of everything I heard was this is a whodunit movie, and it's really not because not really. You find out who did it like thirty minutes into the movie, and so and like it it was and like when it happened, it was interesting. But I, I found myself for the next like thirty or forty five minutes going, okay, where is this going? Like it really yeah. wasn't until. The uh, like the crime lab or whatever gets set and fired. I was like, okay, now there's something new, right? Because before that, it's like it's just her with the whole inheritance. It's like, okay, there isn't really any mystery left other than like, because you know, like what happened, why it happened. But um, so I, and that's the whole thing is like he didn't want it to just be your typical, oh, here's a murder. The whole movie you're trying to think about who it is. You have all these red herrings, yeah. and then the last act you find out who it actually was. And I think if he actually actually did it that way it would have been really cool with it be like oh you yeah. know it's not what you think it wasn't a murder spoiler alert but um yeah, 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 yeah spoiler without, alert it's been without going too much into it um although to me that was obvious like i knew as soon as they introduced anna de armaz uh character i'm like okay i know what's gonna happen um sure. for, I but, mean, uh, for the most part yeah um i do want to say i will give them credit the whole the part where, again, spoilers if you guys haven't seen it, but the part where it turns out that she actually didn't kill him, yeah, just, be- I, I, because of, uh, just because she instinctively knows like the right ones and everything, yeah, that was that was a good twist in the oh, movie, yeah. and so he literally killed himself for no reason. That was a good twist, and yeah. uh, that was probably the only one I thought was really that great. That one I thought was really well done. I agree. Now, it sounds like I'm really crapping on the movie, and I'm not. I mean, I yeah, enjoyed it. It's not it, a but terrible I, I, movie. It's fine. No, by no means. There, there's it's, too I mean, again, many. This, this is the thing. This is why I gave three and a half stars. There's two, Every single person in this movie is amazing. Like, everyone in there is so much fun to watch, and they're having sure. so much fun with their characters oh, yeah, yeah. that the cast is just too good for it not to be really enjoyable. Uh, Although, I'm going to say, best person... In the whole movie, Don Johnson. Don Johnson's good. I mean, he's good in everything I've seen him in lately. Don I mean, Johnson made made me laugh in that movie more than anyone else did. Yeah, he was great. Um, the only the only thing I didn't like, I like Daniel Craig, but I didn't like his accent. It, it, it was a little it much. Took, it, it was a it little Tom Hardy Banish. I, I mean, it was just bad. Like it was like bad Cajun or something. Like I think it was I, supposed I just, to be fr- French New Orleans. Yeah, it was. Yeah, supposed yeah. To be, um, was... I I just would prefer if he was like just British. It was like to me that yeah. would have been enough. But um, I agree. But now, like, so that so that took me out of it. But no, everyone else is great. Uh, I mean, really, the stars Anna de Armas. Yeah, she's great. really killing it lately. She's great. Uh, it's just been great in everything I've seen her in. Um, mm-hmm. 
but no, the cast is great. Um, it, it's it's really. I mean, he's a talented director because like the sure. style is very engaging. Like you're it not bored. Good, yeah, it, it looks great. Um, the way he moves the camera, the way he he like you know, um, I don't know, just blocks his shots with people. It's it's very fluid and and fun. But um, yeah, I just I I think if he just gets out of his own head, his movies would be a lot better. Because like I love Looper. And it's like when uh, I watch that, uh, it, I know you don't. It doesn't feel like his last couple movies where he doesn't feel like this constant, oh, I have to subvert your expectations. There's there's a little twist here and there, but it's not like this constant, you know, oh, I think it's going to go this way, so I know it won't. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, that, I, mean, that, I enjoyed that, it. And that's I'll be curious to see what a sequel for him, from him looks like. Cause, yeah, that'll cause be Because a sequel, weird. you know, you already can't just do the same movie. So yeah. it's like he's, he's going to be in, the, in his head even more so. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I, I did find it odd that... Daniel Craig's character is completely pointless in this movie. He, he does not I mean, do anything. Plot-wise, he does. He literally does nothing. I thought a couple characters were pointless, really. Well, um, yeah, but uh, but the family members that I feel like that's a little different as far as that kind of goes. But yeah, I mean, he for for the quote-unquote main character, the poster character, all the stuff of the movie, he's a complete non-factor. Really? Yeah, it's. I mean, Anna Armas is really the main character. Oh yeah, He's... well for sure. Yeah, I mean she's definitely the main character. But I was yeah, just surprised that people... even everything he does, it then ends up. Oh, that didn't really matter. Like yeah, every, I mean, every he, part, he... even up until the end. Yeah, I mean that's really it. He's the one who pieces it all together. But yeah, I mean until then, he but doesn't he still really do gets part of that wrong. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I was surprised. By the end of the movie, it's like, wow, he really didn't bring anything to this movie. <laughs> At least yeah. not, not like, uh, you know, plot-wise of the movie. He was just yeah, he, there to kind of no facilitate Bat- some other stuff a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's no Batman, he's no Russ Cole, he's no, no Sherlock. No, 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 definitely not. He's not a great detective. Yeah. <laughs> he's like an no. okay ob- uh, observationalist. You know what? You know what it is. Is Ryan Johnson because apparently the sequel is going to be his character, but a new case. I think Ryan Johnson is trying to make him like the the character from the Murder on the Orient Express detective. Um, what's his face with the mustache? You know that famous I, one. I I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, he's a, he's a famous you know uh novel detective. You know who's all these stories that get adapted, and that's what he's trying to do with Daniel Craig is make him the same version of that. But you know. And so, eh, if I wanted to watch whatever. that, I'm just gonna watch this Pink Panther. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Pink Panther was much just an episode of Sherlock. Much yeah. more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot better detectives out there um, in the fictionary world. True. Well, uh, the, the Pink Panther's not better detective. He's just more more no, fun just, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I it's, I have not seen a new movie since I saw Parasite in the theater. It's Damn. been other than the movie swap movies. The, yeah, I mean I haven't seen a movie in the theater since we saw 1917. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Um, I mean crap. I, I've been again. I I I want to go see, um, the way back. I just I just yeah. have not got a chance yet. I've worked yeah, every day the past two it. weekends, and I just haven't been able to. If everything stays open, I'll go see it this weekend because I don't have anything don't, to do yeah, now. I don't care. So, uh, I'll go with you. Okay, cool. Yeah, we should do that unless they shut down AMC for some dumb reason. They better not. They better not. Anyway, um, 
Okay. Enough of that. Moving on to movie swap. Movies that we both did actually see. Um, I watched only The Brave and Ian, um, I'm assuming, watched Christopher Robin. I did. Okay, good. Otherwise, this would be a very short segment. Um, <laughs> all right, Ian, I, I got, what, what do you think of uh, 2018's Ewan McGregor-led Christopher Robin? That was, it was very good. Uh, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I saw anything like Winnie, Winnie the Pooh related, so it was good to... Oh, <laughs> we can change that. Yeah, it was good to go back into, you know, the 100 acre, 100 acre uh, wood forest. It's 100 acre wood. Come on. Wood. I know. Again, yeah, it's on. been a while. No, so it was really good to go back in with all those characters and stuff. Um, I was a little thrown off at first when it first shows, you know, Winnie the Pooh and everybody because it's, it's so weird seeing them like, I don't want to say live action, but, yeah. you know, CGI, I guess, in a well, live action. Yeah, as like setting. the stuffed animals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was good, you know, because it's like, that's a weird like i mean i give them credit because like how do you go about that like do you go do you make them look like actual animal versions of them or and then you get like a lion king situation but no, no you do make you them go, like stuffed CG? animals yeah it worked out perfect because the stuffed animals worked whereas like and that's what they are and... like there are yeah. stuff like that's what they're from that's what they are they're they're the stuffed animals yeah yeah so that was i thought um, that was great yeah so like when i first saw them i was a little i was a little thrown off but then as soon as you hear the voices and see how they act that that immediately goes away. Um, I was surprised that it was directed by Mark Forrester. I wasn't was a little iffy on that because I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, I like World War Z, but other than that, it's probably it because I still will always hate him for doing Quantum of Solace. But mm, uh, but no, fair. he he did it. He did a good job here because um, like a lot of movie. Um, it's weird because like it's the color palette is pretty dark. I mean, granted, you know, when you go to London, that makes sense. But even like you know when he goes back to the Hundred Acre Wood at first. It's, it's like not odd. very colorful, yeah. No, um, but then you see why kind of as the story moves along and it makes sense. Um, but like, I mean, there are parts because it starts off kind of sad, you know, other than, you know, the, the opening scene with his going away for Christopher Robin. But then, you know, you see him grow up, which is a really well done uh, credit scene, I thought. Um, as like you see Oh, his I life. thought that opening credit scene was fantastic. Yeah, and then you have like the whole chapters of a book describing his life, and that was done really well. And you, it, you know, what this movie remind me a lot of was a Hook. Oh, see, I I've n- I never saw Hook. I missed that. You never, up. You've never seen Hook? No, no, I, I missed. I have not. I missed all of Robin Williams. My my dad was not a huge Robin Williams fan, and so we just oh we never had those movies. My Robin Williams growing up was Aladdin, and that was about yeah. it. That's not a bad one, but you haven't you haven't seen Hook? No. Okay, I'm well, I'm adding that to the list. But I've yeah, seen, no, so. yeah, I've seen yeah, I've only seen a handful of Robin Williams movies, period. God. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Well I didn't know that. Well, when you do see Hook, it'll make sense, but that's what it reminded me a lot of is that whole, you know, the character growing up and having to become an adult and kind of losing touch with their imagination and everything right. and being being a child and but um but no what what I really liked is that it like I guess cynical me. I was expecting some type of curveball at the end, where it's like I'm like, all right, what's gonna happen? Is he is he gonna be like, okay, Pooh, this was a good last adventure, but I'm still too old. And it's like, no, it's like it's great. It's him, his wife, Haley Atwell, who I love, and then his daughter going into the forest and then like being with them. It's like even at the dinner, t- like at the little picnic, I'm like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Like, is Ewan McGregor terminally ill or something? I'm like, I was just waiting for that gut punch, and it never happened. It was just a like a completely happy ending. It was great. Yeah, no, it's 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 wonderful. 
Yeah, and yeah, I, Haley Atwell's amazing too. We're talking about you, Greg, because he's great, but she's, she's fantastic great. as well. Yeah, she's gonna be in the new uh, Mission Impossible, which is exciting. Is uh, she really? She is. Yeah, they're just going down with all the cool British actresses right now. That's fine uh, with me. I don't like. I didn't like the other one very much. You don't like Vanessa Kirby? Eh, I mean, she was. I mean, she was fine, but I liked. Uh, oh, what's her name from uh, Ghost Protocol? Oh yeah, I liked um, uh, Paula Patton too. I liked her better. Yeah, I mean, I like that team, but mm-hmm. um, but no, like yeah, it was, it was um, I enjoyed it a lot. It's probably, I think I can't remember last time I saw a Disney live action movie that you know that wasn't Marvel, um, in general, but also one that I really liked as much. I mean, it's to me, it's right up there with I don't know, the Parent Trap. Like, I'm trying to think, like the original Parent Trap or the remake Parent Trap. The remake, the Lindsay Lohan one. Oh, come on, Ian. Why didn't you watch the original Parent Trap? Because I grew up with that one. Uh, I, I keep forgetting you had to watch all those movies growing up because of your I sisters. Have to. That, that, was, that was a good one. I don't mind watching that one. Eh. I've been meaning to rewatch that one. But no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad because I love this movie. Made me cry. Yeah, um, I teared up a couple parts, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also just because Winnie the Pooh is such a huge part of my childhood. Yeah, growing up, I think everybody is in some degree. Yeah, yeah, massive part. I mean, but but to this day, I still absolutely love Winnie the Pooh. That is one of those. That is one of the handful of things that is fully made for kids, and fully holds up. Yeah. Like like I'm talking about even like the '90s, you know, TV show. Sure, it all holds up really, Cause, really well. Because it's like it's nothing but wholesome. Like it's yeah. Like, there's no better way to describe it. It's like Mr. Rogers. It's like there's no like any type of like dark undertones or like, I don't know, like mature hidden thing. No, it's just completely wholesome. And like everybody yep. can still love that even as an adult. And it's so well written. Like That's any it. Winnie the Pooh you see is so well written. And I, again, I, I'm going back because obviously the originals are, are fantastic and, and are clearly the best. Um and then I, I think the next best is the one they made in 2011. That animated movie is amazing. But it's the they're written in a way where you can watch it back now and get totally different things than when you were a kid that, that you did not get as a yeah. kid. But, oh, but yeah. not in a way where it's like innuendo the whole time. Right, That's right. usually what that means. But it's just it's literally just jokes that just kids just don't get. Yeah. And, and not even that they're adult or whatever, just kids just don't comprehend the joke format. They're too advanced for kids, but they're still put in these kids' shows and movies, and it and then it comes out later. So, And that's the thing that, um, you know, that Pixar did really well in the beginning, yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, any, any of the best kids' stuff usually involves something like that as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so definitely glad. I was surprised you didn't see this one, so... Yeah. Oh. All right. I think we're back. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this movie came out in 2018, and it has a 7.6 on IM. Uh, wait, let me see. I was clicked on the wrong one. It has a 7.3 on IMDb. Um, it had a budget of $75 million. It made just under $200 million. Okay. So, so it did, did, did pretty well. Did pretty well, especially for a movie like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. It has a three point five rating on Letterboxd. 
73% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 83% audience score. So, nice. so good reviews across the board. All right. Now it's time to move on to what I watched. I watched the uh, 2017 film Only the Brave about the uh, Granite Mountain Hotshots um, based on a true story, firefighters out in Arizona. And um, I I really enjoyed this movie, Ian. Right. I, I like I this movie quite a bit. Um, I had never heard of it till I don't know, six months ago or very, very recently. Well, I think you mentioned it. I think whenever you saw it, that's when yeah, I yeah. heard of it. I'd never even heard of it. Um, yeah, I don't even remember it coming out. I don't even remember I, it coming out. I didn't see a trailer for this movie. I didn't. I had no idea it existed. Yeah. And um, not really sure how because it was, it was fantastic. Great. The best part about this movie is the fact of just how non of a movie it is. I know. I was thinking about that. I'm like, there's no really conflict for most of the movie. Yeah, and it's it is funny how just every single thing is just Peter Berg, Peter Berg, Peter Berg, Peter Berg. Oh, totally. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. If you told me this was made by Peter Berg, I would one hundred percent believe you, because uh, right. it's that it's that type of realism in a Hollywood film style. Yeah, that is very very difficult to do well. Oh yeah, really really hard to do well, and um. This uh, th- this pulls it off, and to me, th- this might be this might be better than most Peter Peter Berg's movies. I I, I don't know if it's better than Lone Survivor, but I think it'd be, yeah. I, I think it's definitely better than Deep Water and maybe Patriots Day. Yeah, Lone Survivor is amazing. I really really <laughs> love Patriots Day. I think this is better this, than this Deep Water Horizon. Um, oh, for sure. But uh, no, I I enjoyed this movie. I'm not a Michael Miles Teller fan at me all. I, I think he's a fine actor. I just don't really like him or a lot of his roles that he does. And uh, he was weird on set too. He's a very weird guy. But yeah, he, he's a he's a douche in real life. Eh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Everything I've yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I was on set for like three weeks for uh, Insurgent, which uh, oh yeah, <laughs> which he was on. Yeah, he's a little weird. Um, anyway, but just never been a huge fan of him. He was awesome. In this movie, well, I mean, the whole the cast of this is amazing. Oh I mean, yeah, guys... every there's there's not one even like okay performance. Like every no. performance is great. It just starts studded. I mean, him. Oh my gosh, uh, Josh Brolin, Jennifer Connelly, Jeff Bridges, Taylor Kitsch, Andy McDowell. I mean, like it's yeah, yeah. It, there's uh yeah, it's a who's who of people, and then there's a whole bunch of oh that guy. People yeah, exactly. Who yeah. even like looking at the name list, I don't even know. From uh, but as soon as you see them, yeah. Um, I I recognized Ben Hardy in there. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean even uh, oh uh Taylor Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah, but um. Yeah, James James Badgedale. Yeah, it's it's just it's oh, all yeah. these guys where you're like I've seen that guy in something, but you don't remember any exactly. of their names. But they're all they're all great. And, yeah, because uh, like as we said, like there's no really conflict, but the whole movie is literally no. just you getting attached to this group of there's people. There's no plot, no, like like at all, and I didn't care, which is rare. No. I'm a big, You're big, big enthralled. person on plot, and when I can see a movie that doesn't have a plot and I'm still fully engaged in it, then that's just that's awesome. Um, yeah, but my God, the freaking ending, dude! I yeah, that's um, what sticks with you because. 
Because like I, I didn't know I didn't know the whole story of what happened, the real story. I didn't so know when it happens. I didn't know any of the story. Just, I, I remember hearing about it when it happened years ago, and I, I think don't. I, I uh, a guy I knew in the army was was a hotshot in the area. He wasn't part of that that group, but I think he knew that group. Um, and he talked about like he heard about when it happened, but yeah, because like I mean, talk about one of the most biggest like gut punches in the movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Spoilers for anyone that doesn't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone dies. Um, but it's and, basically lone survivor. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this oh. is one of those things where near the end of the movie, or maybe about halfway, like I'm like, all right, someone's going to die. Like you, you assume, that normally was you assume obvious. Josh Brolin, the mentor figure. It's usually was, the one you're like, okay, for sure. Well, I didn't know if he was going to die. I knew um, Miles Teller's buddy was, gonna, was going Cage. to die. That's who I yeah. thought for sure was going to be the big mid-movie uh, climax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of us, thing, one like of us isn't moment. getting out of here. Yeah. yeah I, I was 100% guaranteed we were going to get that scene. Because that's that's your typical Hollywood right. thing that happens. Right, right. I'm conditioned to see this. And again, just, right. I've seen so many movies. I've watched professional wrestling for so long. Oh, that too. I I get storytelling, and it's I'm I'm pretty good at predicting the way stuff is going to go. Um, obviously, this is a true story, so you can kind of throw all that out the window. Which, I, but but again, I I didn't you know I it. didn't I didn't know the story, and I didn't look right. it up or anything beforehand. Same. Um, so yeah, then once everyone's dead, it's like, uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. This is a whole nother level of, of everything. Then I saw, then I thought Miles Teller was going to die, um, before when he was running and, and then got stuck in the smoke and then was, I was like, oh, okay, this is when, oh, nope, he's out. Okay. Now I'm really confused. And then yeah, no, yeah. okay, everyone dies. Oh my, okay, um, and all that, yeah, all that's just brutal. But by far, by far, this movie has, if not the, has to be top group, most heart wrenching scenes of all time. Yeah, is when Miles Teller walks into the 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 school gym. Yeah, that is one of the most impactful and heart-wrenching scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Ever. Because like, they, they do it so well, because it, it feels like that's what a community would do. It would be like everyone calling each other, what's going on? Because I mean, I saw that in the Army, when it was like right. something happened, Every you know, all the wives and, uh, and spouses are calling each other, and then like you know, everyone meets up, everyone's crying and hugging, and then yeah, this one guy comes in, and it's like, everyone gets suddenly gets confirmation that no, their loved one is gone. Yep. And it's like, my God. Yep, and just the collective reaction, everyone, and then the weight of reaction with him. Everything about that, good gosh. I know. I don't think I can watch that movie again. I, I know, it's tough, because like, I want my I want my like family to see, because they haven't seen it, but it's like, oh man, having to having to sit through that again. But, it, but it's such a good movie, it's like, I, I kind of want to, but... Yeah, ugh. yeah. Um, yeah, that was, man, that was, uh... That was that was brutal. Profound, yeah. That was absolutely brutal, and um, 
again, yeah, just so well done, so well acted by everyone. Uh, you know, all all the stuff's earned. It's all built up beautifully. And um, yeah, no, is uh, really really good, really really well done. Definitely should have gotten more attention than it did. Absolutely. And definitely more people need to see this. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Uh, this movie came out 2017. It, let's see, it had a budget of $38 million. It made $26 million. Ah, that's a shame. Yep. Lost $12 million. Um, right. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. But probably not much more. Cause again, like I didn't even know this movie existed. No, they obviously they didn't spend a whole lot of marketing and luckily that's a pretty low budget for that big of a cast. So that's, that's not too bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that's that that that's that's a shame. That is a shame, man. And then when they go back to the tree with his daughter, oh, yeah, talk about survivor's guilt. Kills me, kills yeah. me. But great movie anyway. It is. Um, for sure, more people need to see it. This movie has a three point seven rating on Letterboxd. Um. But only like 16,000 people have rated it. Yeah, 18,000 yeah, 18, so people rated it. On IMDb, it has a 7.6. Only 51,000 people have rated it. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 87% critic rating and a 91% audience score. And only a uh, little over 12,000 uh, 12, people have rated it in, uh, in Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah. No one Go saw this. It. And... Uh, that's that's a shame. Yeah, really is a shame because it is really really good. So it is. All right. So now it's time to move on and pick our uh, next movie swap. So uh, Ian, you are gonna go first because I have no idea and haven't had a chance and I haven't looked yet. Well, you made mine easy. I was originally gonna pick uh, something, but now that you mention it. You have to see Hook. Like, I, I don't want to you see Hook. You're going to see Hook. Why, why would you want to see it? I have no desire to see Hook. Hook seems like a movie. You see it as a kid, and it's this great movie as a kid, and then it's this big nostalgia movie as you grow up. No. That's what it seems like to me. It does not seem it's like a Spielberg. movie that is going to be all that. Ian, you of all people know that doesn't mean uh, certainty. Hey, recent Spielberg for sure. But no, this is prime Spielberg. I mean, it is it is prime Spielberg it is. time. Don't, don't say that's it's for not. sure. No, no, that that time is prime Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, right. But it just yeah. I don't know. It just seems like one of those movies where I'm not gonna appreciate it now because I missed it as a kid. Well, we'll have to find out. I guess we will. All right, fine. I'll watch <laughs> Hook. <sighs> now I gotta figure out what I want you to watch. Uh, all right. You want to go uh, more uh, drama? Or um, action or comedy? Um, I guess we haven't done action in a while. Oh crap! I don't know if I have any actions. Well, then we did. We could go drama then. Um. Okay, we'll do drama. All right, all right, we'll do this. this okay, th th this is one that I can't believe you haven't seen. Okay. You're gonna watch Rain Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. I cannot believe you haven't seen Rain Man. Peak Tom Cruise. Classic Dustin Hoffman. Um, hey, I, hey, we have two Dustin Hoffman movies. 
Oh yeah, he is in Hook, isn't he? Yeah, that was a He's few great years Hook, later. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Dustin Hoffman fan. Mostly, I haven't seen it too much. Mostly yeah. for the roles and the movies that he's in, just isn't my thing most of the time. Rain Man, fantastic. Yeah, that's, a, that's a go-to one, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's other a, than like Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, it's it's one of the go-tos, and um, Tom Cruise is great. Uh, Tom Cruise, this this is I think, I mean, this is this is typical Tom Cruise in a lot of ways, right? But it also feels like the first kind of next iteration of Tom Cruise, if that makes sense. Because okay. he's still young, but he's yeah. not, like, really young. This is, yeah. like, I think two years. I think Top Gun came out in, what, 86? So this is two years after Top Gun. Oh, wow. And he's still playing the young, cocky, you know, annoying type type Tom Cruise staple. But... yeah. It feels a little bit more grown up, kind of for the first time, like okay. like that kind of bridge between, you know, earlier young Tom Cruise and then like you know just the '90s superstar, you know, the firm Jerry Maguire, serious yeah, classic yeah. Tom Cruise. It's like that bridge. Okay. And, um, I know what you mean. It's really good. It's it's really good. I like it a lot. I think it's on Netflix. Most of the ones I give you are on Netflix. You're welcome. Oh, was was Christopher Robin on Netflix? It was for a very long time. Um, I know I always miss him. I don't know if it still is because of Disney Plus. So that I know oh, that, that's yeah. affected a oh, lot of stuff. I didn't even think about Disney Plus. Damn it. Um, that's affected a lot of stuff. So I'm not quite sure, but I, I know Rain Man's yeah, been on Netflix for years. So I don't know if it's again. It probably won't be now, but right. it has been for years. So yeah, I know I've always seen it on Netflix. Yeah, I just don't know why I've never got around to it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. So you're, that's what you're going to watch. So Ian's going to watch Rain Man. I'm going to watch Hook. All right. All right. Time to move on to the main part of the show where we talk about different Batman TV shows we're watching. And we are watching the animated series right now. And so we watched three episodes. We watched Appointment in Crime Alley, Mad as a Hatter, and Dreams in Darkness. So uh, just right off the bat, Ian, what do you think of these three episodes? Uh, all solid. Um, uh, again, I have a kind of a nostalgic, uh, place in my heart for appointment in crime alley. Cause it was the first episode I ever saw. Don't ask me when, sure. but I, I just know from memory that was the first one ever being, I wish uh, I remembered my first one, but I don't sure. But, um, but no, but after that, Mad, Mad as a Hatter is, is very good. It's the first time we get to see the Mad Hatter. So that's awesome. Mad Hatter. Then, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more later. Mad Hatter oh, yeah. is my, is my favorite, uh, BC level villain in, in this whole TV series. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't fault that. He's, he might be my like third overall favorite behind Joker and, and Two-Face. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. He'd be right around that. But yeah, I mean, Joker and Two-Face. Yeah, or kind of unbeatable, but then, sure, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people sleep on him, and oh man, shame. they do, and we'll really we get to get... it in the next one. Oh yeah, if we ever get a movie like with him, that'd be great. I hope for <sighs> next one, Matt Reeves goes into it. It would be so good because it would be so fresh and different and so freaking dark. Because there, there wouldn't be a licensing issue with Alice in Wonderland because that's like it's public domain, even... right? Yeah, that, that's like too old for like you know for any like, like studio to own it. So I'm pretty sure it's yeah, I'm pretty sure it's public domain. I think so. Yeah, because so many movies like you know rip from it or you know pay homage to it in some ways. So yeah, yeah, I don't know um, why they don't do it. 
again, we, we can talk about that um, when we get to that episode. But uh, and then Dreams and Darkness is is I can't believe that episode was made. I, yeah, I that, cannot that's, believe again, that's, that's another one of those where you're just like, my gosh, they made this in a kids movie or a great, kids TV show. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that as well. But starting with Appointment in Crime Alley. So you're the uh, nostalgic expert on this episode, Ian. So uh, sure. tell me what what really sticks out about this one. Do, do you remember? I mean, you remember this is your first episode. Do you remember like your first time watching this episode and what you were thinking of this episode back when you were five or six or when, however old you were. Oh God. I don't know if I could relay all that. I mean, who knows what was going in my little Apple head at the time, but, um, <laughs> but I, I just remember, you know, seeing the credits and just being like completely gobsmacked and glued to the TV, of course. And, you know, of course the music like of that it probably no doubt paved the way for my love of just music and score in general. And then, especially Batman score, you know, and themes, but, um, yeah, but no, I just, I like kind of like, you know, I just remember, always remember like Leslie Tompkins in the basement. And then like the big thing is really what I love about this episode is that we basically see Batman saving people the entire episode. Yes. And like to the point yes. where it becomes, it becomes an obstacle where he's, yes. I mean, cause the whole, the whole uh, storyline is that it's the anniversary of his parents' death and every year him and Leslie Tompkins go and remember it, which is just a beautiful little sentiment in it itself. Is. Um, and so as he's going to meet her, he first helps this uh, mother and daughter who basically Roland Daggett is, um, trying to blow up all these, uh, properties to, you know, make ways for some new real estate business deal or tycoon, you know, thing is going on. Um, and so like, you know, all these goons are like trying to get people out of their homes and stuff. So Batman stops that. And then after that, um, some crazy guy takes a hostage on a billboard uh, and then after that, like a train or a trolley, or whatever, like goes out of control. It's so, like literally every time he's trying to get to Leslie, there's some new crisis where he has to save people because yeah. that's what he also does. Right. So I love that. Right. That that's the one thing that every super movie nowadays really ever has never quite been able to capture. I don't think. Um, no, especially Batman lately. I mean, no, not no, since uh, the the not uh, since Batman Begins, the original Spider-Man movies capture okay, that yeah, perfectly yeah. um that too, of course it happens all the time he's constantly uh, saving uh, people avengers they'll, they'll 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 call notice to it we're like you know in the especially like the first avengers yeah they know, did a good job in like, the first avengers and the second one they're like we need to get all the yeah, people out of the yeah, city sure, which sure. was definitely in response to freaking man of steel at the time but yes yeah but especially dc movies lately they have been terrible about that yeah they're not they're not the best at it um Ew. but so yeah i like that a lot the one thing that kind of throws me off with this episode, why is there a streetcar? Oh, like we've a never, trolley we've never or whatever? Seen a, we've never seen, seen a streetcar one time in Gotham City and never again. see it again. It's like it turns into San Francisco for like yeah, that, that is, one yeah. scene. Like, I don't think this is the, this is the look of Gotham City. Someone yeah. is just like, let's use a streetcar. Yeah, because like, you know, we have to have it like, uh, a tra- like they couldn't have a train go out like haywire because like what would Batman be doing in a train tunnel or whatever? So it's like yeah, yeah, it was definitely we have to do like the above ground, but we have can't have a railroad going through like a city. So it's like oh trolley. <laughs> Couldn't they have just done like a runaway truck like they do in year one? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, I feel like that would be easier. Like a bus. Yeah, yeah, but, you know. yeah, or a bus. But I thought yeah. that 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 stands out to me. I mean, obviously. Sure. 
this whole series does with stuff like that, like yeah, again, leather like football what, helmets like and, yeah. and things like that. Because that's the whole point of it. That's why it doesn't feel dated watching it no, now. It's very um, smart of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that was one thing where I'm like, it, it's not even that it's like old fashioned trolley. It's just like trolley cars never been a thing of Gotham City, like even in this show. Like, we've never seen that, and so it just stands yeah. out. It looks kind of weird. Um, also, the Batmobile's destroyed, right? Uh, Yeah, with the freaking trolley. And then he um, just, like, locks it up, like, in Batman Returns, or in Batman. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But, like, how do they clear all that stuff out now? They just have a block of Batman Batmobile just there. <laughs> I know, Not yeah, very I know. considerate, just saying. Not very considerate. Right. Um, also, is Wait. this the first episode we see with Leslie Tompkins? It's the first episode we see with Leslie Tompkins and Roland Daggett. This this can't be the first. No, this is not the first Daggett because the uh, Clayface. Oh, that was Daggett. Yeah, like I, I thought it was uh, Thorn. Yeah, nope. no, you're right. But yeah, definitely the first one with Leslie Tompkins, though. Yeah, which is uh, which is great. Such a vital character. Yeah, yeah, yeah such, which is always good. Oh yeah, su- such a fantastic character. That whole just element is just awesome. Um, yeah. I love that this episode. See, look, th- this episode is what I love about the Batman backstory. Yes. Never one time do they say what happened. Nope. Ever. Never one time do we see what happens. Nope. Don't have to. No. You don't have to. You see the newspaper clipping, I guess, right. for, for, for just because this is a kid show. Um, sure. But it's all done in such a realistic way. It's not a melodramatic movie way. Look look at this. It, yeah. Like, this is the way you would react to something like that this many years later. Yeah, where yeah it's exactly. still super important, but it's not harped on. You know? Yeah. Well, it made me think, because um, watching this episode, I was thinking about, yeah, I was actually yeah, also thinking about all the times to see uh, the the Waynes killed um, in the alley, and and one thing stood out to me again, just further proving how amazing Batman Begins is. There's one thing about Batman Begins that um, separates it from all the other depictions of Thomas and Martha being killed. Do you know what it is? Uh, when you say it, probably. It's the only one not in slow motion. Oh, which if you think about it is genius because it doesn't make it like you said. This, I mean, we know it as to be the pinnacle moment where he becomes Batman, so it's it's so much more, you know, significant. But at the right. time, it's just a senseless crime, and it's like that. It's done. It's some guy, give me your wallet. Yeah. He freaks out. They're both dead. The, mo- the two most powerful and influential people in the city are killed in an instant. Yeah. So not doing it in slow motion and having fog and the pearls explode or whatever is is so much more realistic and, and impactful, I feel. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely Something agree. Um, but yeah, that that whole aspect, just the current thread through the whole episode, is just so, so well done. And um, it is it's cool because like you see his desperation to get to it, and like to, it shows you like how important and and like still resonant it is with him because like it's not him racing against the clock to defuse a. I mean, he it, it is, but like. There isn't some other threat that like he has to get to, and then all these like crises are, are delaying him. It's no like the thing he's dying to get to is just putting flowers and remembering remembering that moment. It's like it's oh man, I, I can't explain it. It's so good. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, that that that's the plot of, yeah. of the episode, really. And then then you have the plot with Roland Daggett trying to blow up all of Park Row to make room for uh, for whatever other advancement yeah, or whatever he's doing, yeah. and then of course hires Nitro and uh, whatever the other guy's name is. I forgot the other uh, henchman, which that guy um. His uh, his his voice was one that I was sitting there and I was like, I know his voice from something, and I um, I finally remembered what I uh, what I knew it from. Now, Ian, did you grow up? Uh, oh, wait a minute. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. It's one of those things where I like knew the voice, but also it ends up being like someone actually famous. Um, yeah, Crocker, that's his name. The the uh, oh yeah, the right hand man of of um, of Daggett. I was listening yeah. to that voice. I was like, I I know the voice growing up, and I and I remember. Did you ever watch the uh, greatest adventure stories from the Bible? I'm sure I did. The animated show. They were from the 80s or something. They were Hanna Barbera yeah. cartoons from like the 80s, but they're yeah. really good. Yeah, I think I remember. They're really well done, and it's just like a who's who cast that 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 do that does the voices for okay. uh, for that. Anyway, but on the nativity one, uh, one of uh, Herod's main uh, advisors or whatever, it, that it's the same voice as him. And then I remembered, oh yeah, it's also Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, now I hear it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that makes total sense right. now. But uh, I, I, I made, it made me laugh because the first thing I thought of was this nativity uh, animated yeah, thing I mean, and not like, oh, that's Jeffrey Tambor. Like, that, I thought so of that weird. first. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, which is really wow. funny. Um, and then you got Ed Asner as Roland Daggett, who's great. I mean, yeah. classic. Come on. But, yeah, uh, yeah and then um, and you have the weird Nitro, Nitro guy who's the explosive yeah. expert, but... And they end up, uh, Leslie Tompkins ends up seeing them and gets taken and kidnapped by them. So you have Batman trying to first go see his parent, uh, pay, pay homage to his parents. And then he has to rescue Leslie Tompkins. And then before that, he has to rescue all Evacuate, of no. this. Uh, no, no, no. He has to do all this other random saving. Yeah, and yeah. then also he has to help evacuate the block before it explodes. Like That's there's great. a lot yeah. going on yeah. in this episode. That's awesome. But yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it is, it's really well done. The music stands out in this episode a lot. Um, yeah, it has very distinct theme, theme song to it that that goes throughout the whole, whole episode, which I don't even know how to describe. It's so odd. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's an odd theme that I'm not really sure what it's supposed to convey. Because <laughs> it's kind of like a, I, I don't even know. It's like mellow, but intense at the same time and introspective. I don't know. There, there's a lot going on with the theme in here. And it it, it stands out a lot. Yeah. As, uh, you mean. as it goes through. But yeah, no, a very good episode. Uh, very well done episode. Th- this is, this is, this might be just, just in general, this might be just Batman at its finest. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not the best episode no. of the series. It's probably it's not even probably in my top 10, but it just perfectly encapsulates all that is 
the character of Batman in this one episode. Very, yeah, very was nicely. important to him. Yeah. yeah. Like, in a nutshell, if you're like, what's Batman? It's like, it's this episode. Sure. Yeah, this would definitely be one I, w- I would send people to as, yeah, example. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, uh, yeah, no, very, very, very good episode. It's got a 7.8 rating on uh, IMDb. It aired on September 17th, 1992. It was episode 12 that aired, but um, it's way down the line as far as production, production wise. It was, you know, in right near the bottom of volume one is where we're talking about here. Um, This story is directly based on the story. There's no hope in crime alley. Uh, Detective Comics number four fifty seven by Denny O'Neill. Okay. So it is it is based off a uh, based off a comic book. Um, and there's a scene where it's showing mailboxes for Leslie's building. You see a handful of uh, important figures in the show, uh, including Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski's names on huh. uh, on that. Um, of course, talked about the shield. When, on the Batmobile, that's a nod to the Tim Burton movies. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Let's see. Um, Roland Dag- When uh, Bruce says Roland Daggett's up to something, Alfred, Alfred replies that almost goes without saying, doesn't it, sir? Uh, when Lucius Fox asks Bruce if he uh, thinks Daggett's up to something in Cat Scratch Fever, Bruce replies with that goes without saying, doesn't it? So oh, nice. They keep that that little little thing going um they reuse a lot of character designs in this episode i noticed there's there's a handful that they use again um they uh and most of them are from the forgotten (laughs) yeah like the the guy who sees leslie uh get taken he looks familiar um i i don't know if he was from someone he might have been but you see you know the uh weird uh comic relief friend in uh salvo in the in the forgotten yeah, yeah. You see him in uh, the protesting scene. You you can see him in that scene. He's holding a sign, oh. um, which I, I recognize watching that. And then uh, I feel like one of the henchmen that Batman knocks out during the scene when uh, the uh, the woman and her daughter are being threatened to leave. Yeah. I I swear that's the same oh. character design as the that bad slave owner in yeah. Forgotten, but they just made him black. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so th- there were a handful of those in Sepsis, I was like, oh, I, I, these people seem familiar. So that was kind of There's fun. only so many, yeah. Um, also, when Batman confronts Crocker and Nitro, th- they're, uh, the truck that they're getting into, it says J. Olsen and Sons Photography Equipment oh, Discount nice. Prices. <laughs> All right, I never noticed that. <laughs> I didn't either, so that's, uh, that's pretty funny. Of course, a reference to Jimmy Olsen from from superman who's a photographer of course anyway so that's uh yeah again good episode good episode okay let's see moving on to mad as a hatter that's mad as a hatter underrated episode it is mad hatter very underrated now i say underrated but then every time you look at the ratings for these mad hatter episodes they're really high so Hmm. People get that they're good, but they're just not talked about as much as. Yeah, they as just other forget episodes, it, I guess. Which is a this shame. is another episode. This is another episode where I'm surprised this was like in a kids movie or a kids uh, TV show. Yeah, this has nothing for kids in it whatsoever. 
Um, no. <laughs> like romance and stalking. Yeah, like, and stalking and yeah, there's like, mind controlling. Um, yeah. Like slave puppets or whatever, basically. Yeah. Date raping without the rape part. Like it's uh, yeah, close it, enough. There's there's a lot uh, there's a lot in this episode. Um, obviously this is the Mad Hatter, Jervis Tetch, and you get it's an origin story of the character, which we don't get a whole lot of origin stories, which is which is good. Um, there we go. You get the origin stories for the characters that no one that most people don't know about, and you don't get the origin stories for most of the well-established characters. Uh, that's Other not true like, for yeah, all like of them because Two Face, yeah. the Riddler, like Clayface. Yeah, there, there's. Eh, I guess, I guess most of them you do, but not like Penguin or Joker <laughs> and you know stuff like that. Killer Croc. Yeah. Yep. Although I guess you hear about his origin, but um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't see it. Uh, you know, Pam, uh, Poison Ivy, like yeah, a lot, a lot sure. of them are just kind of villains already. Yeah, yeah. And uh. But this one's a full-on origin story. I mean, this one barely even has Batman in it. This is not really even a Batman episode. This is this is a Mad Hatter episode that Batman happens yeah, to be sure. in. But in the end. it works because this character yeah. is so well done. This like kind of quirky, odd, you know, scientist who is coming not quite up... evil at first. But no, then, yeah. Um, which is coming up with this mind control. You know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of Jim Carrey. In Batman Forever, at the beginning, I was that, yeah. a little bit, but less less over the top. Like if you dialed it yeah, down to like a four. Yeah, because I was thinking about Batman Forever. I'm like, really, it would have made a lot more sense with his plot, the Riddler's plot in Batman Forever, if it was Mad Hatter. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Was, the mind the whole, control like, thing yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Although I guess his isn't mind control technically. Not, it's more not really, but still, like in, in context, I don't know. Um, more so than the Riddler. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, but he ends up for some reason coming up with this mind control device that he's working on with mice. You see him doing all that, but there's the whole, but the main thread is that he's in love with the secretary. Um, young secretary. Yes. Yes. Young secretary at the office at the, whatever it is. Lab. Yeah. Yeah. The lab. And, uh, but she is in a relationship, and so that's the whole thing. You have him fighting with that. But then, you know, the whole thing changes when he find he hears that they broke up. So he's like, "All right, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on this." And the way he does is he just mind controls everyone in the, in the town where they're going, including people yeah. that were gonna rob him, which is funny. Yeah, he's two kids, yeah. And then, and then uh, like the whole restaurant to make him like some big celebrity, basically. Which is great. Again, this sure. character's so good because, again, he's people not, do that. He's not evil at first. No, at all. If people, and then if people even have the ability, people would totally do that. And then even the first things he starts doing, where you're like, eh, that's maybe not the most ethical thing to do. It's like it's still not like evil. It's yeah, not even, good, but yeah, it's not even, like horrible yet. Yeah, even at the end of their first date, like he doesn't immediately try to kiss her and like go up to her room. He's like, no. "Okay, until next time." It's like, "Okay, he's not a total skis bag yet," but like, yeah, it, it gradually grows. It's, it's really well done. But then once once they get once he finds out they get back together, then he just goes off the deep end. Yeah, yeah, that that it just yeah. everything breaks, and then we get the full blown Mad Hatter uh, going out 
Mind controlling everyone, taking the girl, you know, mind controlling the girl, everything. Look, we've all been in that situation where we like a girl and it's like, she seems like flirtatious or like, you know, friendly. And then it's like, no, I I like you as a friend or, or they drop, like they have a boyfriend. It's like, we've, we've all been there. At least I have. And so granted, I don't immediately resort to mind control and (laughs) brainwashing, but we've all been, we've all been, yeah, we've all been burnt like that before. So it does suck. It's like, yeah, you take a girl out to this amazing night and dinner and everything. And then immediately her, her douchey boyfriend gets back together with her. It's like, Oh, great. But again, that's what makes such a good villain. Exactly. It's a villain where it's like where you motivation, like yeah. where you get it, like like real yeah. motivation that someone can identify with makes an even better villain because you can connect exactly. to him more. Um, yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. With going back, one to, bad day, going back to professional wrestling as well. So it makes a better bad guy wrestler are the people that have some element of truth to what they're saying, but it's just full on over the top you know, Thanos. too far. Yeah. And that, again, that's the best types of villains. And e- either that have something like that or have something really relatable and is just over the top as well. Like those are the two good motivation things that are real, that, that are real. Like they're not yeah. ridiculous. They're, yeah. they're still grounded in reality. And the way this whole story builds is so well like you get it you totally get it you you understand the transformation you understand why the character does what he does um and then it's just the you know at some point a character just a person just snaps and it just goes to a whole whole other level of delusion and whatever which is yeah as you were saying the one bad day thing it's very common theme with uh, with most of Batman's villains. Oh yeah, that's why his are the best. Mm-hmm. That is, that is. Um, again, I mean, even uh, but Spider-Man as well. Those are by far yeah, the Spider-Man two too. best characters right. with the best villains are Spider-Man yeah. and not, Batman. It's not all just evil aliens or almost all of Spider-Man's villains were good people. That at one point, yeah. And, and it's not even, and, and and again, something happened where it's like sometimes it's not even their fault. And you're like, no, except for Carnage. Sure, sure. Or with with a Green Goblin or something where it's like, yeah, it's not even their fault that their mind was warped with, you know, whatever accident or something oh, yeah. like so, which makes them so much better because there's a level of connection and like a conflict there or even like an internal character struggle with, oh, can I just full out wipe out these guys if they're yeah. not even really the worst guys? Like, so that's anyway, that's not necessarily this episode, but no. It's, it's all grounded in some sort of emotion reality. And again, this is a very believable character. Jervis Tetch, to be honest, might be the most believable character we've seen in this show yet. Yeah, so far, I was going to say, yeah, I'm trying to think. Just a um, little bit, obviously, just a, just goes over the top in the end. But sure. it's such a real character, and you see so much character development with him. So much more than yeah, we've yeah. seen in other episodes. Yeah, other than like maybe Two Face or yeah, other than Harvey Dent, I, I would say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's 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 great. You know, he ends up taking Alice and uh, rigging an army of these mind control, you know, thing with his uh, little cards. Um. Which <laughs> I love how they just throw in at the end. Oh yeah, and this makes them stronger too. Good luck, Batman. It's like oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Why? Why? why how? Oh, never mind. Because yeah, otherwise, we, we need a mind. challenge. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, his boss at the lab is physically going to be much of a threat to Batman. <laughs> yes, but, he's not going to be doing yeah. much too. So you know, that's no. that's fair. That's fair, whatever. But um, sure. And and they go to, and all this happens in storybook land. Of course, they have just a perfect of replica of Alice in Wonderland just there. Just sure. Yep. <laughs> why not? I mean, it's it's a very popular, you know, story, and so I, I can believe it. There'd be some amusement park or something that would that would do it because Alice in Wonderland is a cool setting where you could make like a little theme park or attraction and yeah. have all the places and stuff. So I, I mean, I I can believe that they have one of those in Aberdeen where I lived, um, but not I'm Alice sure. in Wonderland, but the Wizard of Oz because that is yeah, where yeah. Uh, what's his totally. name uh, lived. The oh okay. Fr- uh, Shoot, well, I don't remember what his name was. the 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 writer of Wizard of the, of those uh, Oz books, Stories. yeah, lived in uh, in Aberdeen, South Dakota. So that's right. they have like a thing there. I never went, but I know it was there. Um, anyway, but yeah, really, really good episode. Great oh, yeah. character. Yeah, got to be my favorite character in the show, other than obviously, you know, Batman, Joker, Two Face. It, it's next, probably Mad Hatter for me. Um, obviously my yeah. favorite all time episode is Mad Hatter and we'll get to that. Oh, yes. I don't know in a month or a couple months or so. Yeah, with, uh, actually, you know what? We'll get to that probably in a few weeks, probably within a yeah. month. I think we'll actually get yeah, to that. Be that far it, off. It's one of the first handful of episodes in the next volume. volume so, two, yeah. so Sweet. we'll get there pretty soon, pretty, pretty soon. Uh, perchance to dream is my favorite all time oh, uh, yeah. animated series episode. And I think the most underrated episode in the entire series, um, which is, Definitely of course, yeah. which is of course Mad Hatter and he's only in, in the very end and that that's it, but it's so Still. well done and awesome. But anyway, we'll get to that later, but this is the start of that character. And I love this character. I think it's really Great well beginning. done. And then, uh, then of course he also pushes his blame onto Batman. Cause he has to, you, you know, everyone has to push blame onto something like it's all psychologically done so well with this. Yeah. Character. Cause that's what a sociopath would do. Right. Anyway, really, really good episode. It's got an 8.1 on IMDb. It uh, aired the 12th of October, 1992. It was episode 24 um, that came okay. that came out. Let's see if there's some trivia for this. And there's... Okay, let's see. Um, the, uh, the chef um, in that scene when they're out on the date is named Anton... Which is similar to the chef of the Rose Cafe in Pretty Poison. Um, oh, okay. And one of the guests of Jordan Hill's birthday party in Be a Clown. So. Oh wow. It's interesting. Um, t- uh, Tetch refers to his favorite book being Alice in Wonderland, but there is no such book called Alice yeah, that's in what Wonderland. I thought. <laughs> uh, the book's title is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and but of course it's also shortened. And then there's also Through the Looking Glass, which is. The next, I think right. that's the next one. Yeah, I think so. Um, the Mad Hatter's poem, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Bat, How I Wonder What You're At. That's spoken by the Dormouse in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Oh, nice. And, um, okay, this I did not know. Okay, this is the best bit of trivia I have seen yet. Ooh. Do you know who voices the Mad Hatter? <sighs> it, it sounds so familiar, but I forgot to look. I, I can't believe I didn't know this. I'm really mad at myself. I did not know this till right now. It's Roddy McDowell. No way. Yes. 
Roddy McDowell does the voice of Jervis Tetch. Of course. Oh, now I hear it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, of course, also, we'll get to Roddy McDowell at some point soon. And the other show that we're watching, because Roddy McDowell plays the the bookworm in the 1960s Adam West Batman show. (laughs) Oh, my God. So pretty awesome, and I'm mad I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, just uh, like that's it fits so perfectly. The, of course, the two shows we talk about, yeah, you have this actor who's involved in both. God, and one of the awesome. one of the one of the more underrated, uh, two, crazy two underrated made up villains, villains. in yeah. uh, the other show as well. He's in one episode. Yeah, yeah, one. I was gonna say, and it's a great episode. We should, actually should be coming up with it pretty fairly soon. I think it's in season one. I don't remember, but it's a great episode. So, yeah, he's a bookworm and the voice of, of the Mad Hatter. So, pretty freaking awesome. cool. All right, moving on to Dreams in Darkness. Man, this episode, whoo-wee. You talk about psychological layers to this thing. Yeah. My like, gosh. Like I'm really not a, typically a fan of dream sequences. Like, to me, they... they they're often like just filler and like there's some shows like Hannibal, which was a good show, but like it just had way too many dream sequences where it's like you can have a really cool dream sequence that has a lot of symbolism and stuff. But like if you overuse it to me, like I'm checking my watch and but this yeah. episode does not have that problem. See, I love dream sequences, but I love dream sequences <laughs> as nightmares or as yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Um, when it's done... Yeah, and and uh, you know it, when it's done as like a gotcha or like a psych or st- or like a su- or like, like a surprise a direct, like stuff di- like that. Yeah, I don't like that. That that's cop out or like for a, the most part. Or director trying to show you how like visionary he is. It's like stop. Yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Don't like that. But when it's done in a nightmare way, I for like I purpose love yeah. it. And and sure. this episode has a bunch of it, um, and I think is really really well done. But what a what a hook. Is this the I best know. hook of any uh, I, Batman show? I, I was like trying to think of any episode we've done so far where it has a, a hook like this, where it's like, no. The only other one is the man who killed Batman when he's dead. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but literally it starts, Batman's in Arkham Asylum. It's like, yeah, in a, a straitjacket. <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> like that that's such a great hook right there you're just like all right i'm i'm in what's going on it's not a cop out it's not even like that's the dream sequence. No, no 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 he for real is in arkham they don't even yeah. they, and that, which makes it even better it's not a cop out yeah uh man yeah that is uh that's crazy um literally but uh <laughs> so the whole thing and and it does narration the whole time like it does all these no-nos yeah. but but it works Oh yeah, you don't even you don't even notice it. I can't even think of another episode that Batman narrates in in the entire series. Oh god, I can't think of one. Because even yeah. over the edge, it's Batgirl narrating. Yeah, but that's the yeah. only one. That's even the only other one I can think of a narration. Yeah, I mean, like it's weird. Like we we never hear it, but like it, it didn't stand out to me. I was like, oh, what is this? Um, it stood out to me just because it's just like this is different. This is not. We're not used to the internal monologue literally being internal yeah noir um, style yeah so but but that again but, but it works you know when, yeah. when you do it here and there or whatever and in this Batman, one especially this show is nothing but noir 
Right, right. Yeah, so it works for this one, and he's going back, recapping how he got there, and the, you know, how he's tracking down the the scarecrow, and then he gets gassed, and then it ends up being a plot, a whole plot the whole time, which that's kind of like, okay, your your plot was to some it was to leak information that hopefully Batman gets, and then hopefully acts on in this exact same way, and. And, that way you can guess him. And l- lucked out a little bit, I feel like. I feel like Scarecrow yeah. could have just... I feel like that could have been an easier made plan. But it works, so, you know, fair enough. Fair enough or or just go along with your plan, and, like, if Batman does show up, then you guess him. It's like, don't, don't like, make it so that you know he'll show up. Like, that was kind of weird. Yeah, Um. and it's just, you know, the, the plot is Scarecrow, he's going to poison... Not even poison, he's going to put something in the water supply. yeah to do an exp- it's like a big experiment he's and to study you know a whole city's yeah, reaction it's, it's, to fear it's batman begins well i was gonna get to yeah. that but never mind we'll we'll talk also. about that now obviously <laughs> this plot was completely taken for batman begins yeah. and uh and totally adapted for that with arkham's basement poisoning the water supply I mean, oh, yeah, that I didn't is think about that. The plot of uh of Batman Begins. The only difference is Rachel Ghoul. That's the only no, Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. It's the only only real difference. It's really the mastermind, you know, of the Scarecrow. Um and uh because of course in the movie he thinks they're going to hold the city for ransom and not actually going to unleash the toxin. Which this one it's all about releasing the toxin because it's about watching the city react to, you know, going crazy yeah, to fear, like, which again, I like that too. Like, cause he's a professor. Yeah, both work. So yeah, he's both, a crazed, like, sense. he's a crazed professor. So yeah, he's not doing it. Oh, I'm, I want to take over See the city people. and I want to, yeah. Oh, I want to hold the city for ransom. It's like, it's kind of like Joker risk where it's like, no, I just want to, exactly. I want to see what happens here. And that's again, these are little things that make villains so much more compelling and so much better. It elevates them. To a whole yep. different level. Um, also, you it's another thing. We barely see the Scarecrow in it. I was going to say, yeah. Ever. He's barely in this episode. Barely in it at all. Uh, and um, But but done, again, done so well. As and a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, just a uh, very, very dark episode. Where he's fighting oh, yeah. with the psychiatrist. Trying to... Yeah, now he does not do a great job. I will say that Batman yeah, like, stop, is not stop doing himself any favors with the way he is acting. Yeah, don't don't shout. Don't like. No, yeah, you have to no. be calm and collected. Yeah, he's he's. I wouldn't have hey, let him out either. Um. <laughs> hey, hey, Scarecrow, gas me. He's gonna try and do this. Like, you gotta let me, like, you know, get to a telephone or something. Like, don't be like, oh, you gotta let me out of here. Like, you, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't doesn't really work, but uh, which is like which is like everybody's fear. Everybody's fear is one flew over a cuckoo's nest where you're yeah. put in a sane asylum and you like they won't believe you. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and uh, there's even a cool there's even an interesting scene where he knows he was gassed. Like he he slowly figures it out, and so he like yeah. goes to the hospital to figure it out. Like normally he I feel like he does this stuff on his own. But, yeah, because he he's striving because he also wrecks the freaking Batmobile on this one. Yeah, yeah, he does. So they must have fixed it in between. But uh, yeah, I guess. um, probably, honestly, probably having to. 
that's that's fair. I mean, we have a whole episode on that later on that, yeah. that shows us shows us that. But uh, yeah, and, and he goes to a doctor who takes his blood and look, you know, is like, yeah, you've been infected by the same same stuff and it's it's going to affect you. But there is an antidote. I love how the Scarecrow's done so much that they just have an antidote ready. I mean, I I, I, I can believe that after a couple of years or so that he's been around. It's I like, think it's funny. all right, we know what this guy's about. I just think it's funny. But, uh, and of course, Batman's like, no, I'm not going to take it because she says it's going to knock you out for two yeah, days. Yeah, you can't sleep for two days, yeah. So, of course, Batman's like, nope, fighting through it. And that goes real well. Like, well, I mean, like, it makes sense, though. Because if he sleeps for two days, the, the joke or the scarecrow will go through was a plan. So, like, sure, it's sure. like he's not just being, like, stubborn. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, of course, he ends up, he's able to, well, for, well, we see a bunch of hallucination scenes, which are yeah, freaking first awesome. Yeah, he's a joker. Well, he, he mistakes Alpha for a joker, which is pretty great. Right. But then there's the whole scene in the cell when he just has this massive hallucination. Oh, yeah. That is, that's awesome. Like, that is. Yeah, that I don't mind because, like, the, the imagery of Batman, like, works so well for, like, a scene like that. Yeah, where you see just all the villains popping up out of everywhere. And then, of course, it ends with his parents walking into walking. the barrel of a gun. Like, it is... Uh, yeah. Like, literally walking into the barrel of a giant gun. And That's yeah, uh, great. Like, he's trying really to run good. to them, and it keeps, you know, elongating or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really well done. Very effective uh, dream sequence, nightmare sequence. Um. So, he ends up getting out and, and finds, you know... And, and you see him having to fight to get like down to the, you know, to down to the basement, you know, cause he keeps having these flashes of the fear toxin ends up having to fight Jericho or, uh, um, scarecrow and, and the henchmen. And there's a countdown of course, and barely able to stop it. And then, you know, say saves the day with one second to spare on the, the countdown, which is done, done really well. Um, but, uh, yeah, just again, another one of those episodes where the plot isn't really that big of a deal. The main focus, yeah. It's a good, it's a fine plot, but sure. it's it's like ten percent of the episode. Because yeah. once he kind of gets thought... down there, it's it's Batman. He thwarts stuff pretty easily physically. Yeah, I mean, Gotham's not gonna be gassed by freaking scarecrows. Like we we know it's not gonna happen. But that's not the interesting part. It's this internal struggle with. Obviously, the fear and then all the guilt he has and whatnot. Yeah, another one where it's again, you you can't have Batman without the parents' death. No, you can't don't even try. But you don't have to show it every time. No, this one doesn't. The uh, appointment of crime alley doesn't. But it's nope. always a factor, even if it's yes. just a glance at like the portrait of his parents. Like yeah, exactly the pictures. Yeah, like it's yeah. uh, it's always there and and these this series does such a great job of utilizing it throughout the series yeah in the way it should be done and uh that that's the uh that's the best part that's the best part of this for sure um there's a lot of trivia things for this one so uh this episode is adapted from garfield reeves stevens text story masks in the further uh, the uh, further adventures of the Joker, oh, which I don't know. I'm assuming that's a novel of some kind, or but yes, uh, um, let's see. Yeah, obviously, we said the plot of the Scarecrow. You know, it's the same plot from they use it for Batman Begins. Um, 
Batman seen hallucinations of the Joker. It resembles a plot point that would have occurred in the canceled fifth Batman film, Batman Unchained, which is the one that Joel Schumacher wanted to make after Batman and Robin, but he wanted to make it like dark and not goofy. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently, he wanted to do, do that from the start, but then the studio didn't want to do that, which I totally believe because the original version of Batman Forever was way oh, better true. than the movie that we that's got. True. And yeah. again, there's there's fan edits, and I don't know how to find them. So if any of you guys <laughs> know how to find the Red Book Edition, or there's another there's another one, too, that was made. If any of you guys know how to find fan edits, or have a copy of them, please send them. Tweet us at, awesome. at Uncaped yeah. Review, because I really want to watch them. That would be cool. Um... All right, this is a good one. This is this this, this is a good trivia bit. Uh, while the Joker's first laugh in this episode, it sounds like Mark Hamill. Um, the second and third don't really sound like Mark Hamill, and there's a good reason for that, because they're voiced by Lauren Lester, aka Robin, oh, in this episode. Interesting. So uh, Lauren Lester does the voice, uh, the laughs of the Joker. In this episode, he also is the voice. He also is the voice of the henchman. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, the, I can see that now. with the scarecrow as well, which I recognize. I was sitting there, I was like, "Oh, I yeah, think yeah that's I thought it was familiar." I think that's him. Which this is not uncommon for animated shows to use the same no. voice actors for a bunch of stuff. So why not? Yeah, that's uh, that's that that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. The plot may have been based also on the storyline Batman The Last Arkham, which is an episode where it's a issue where Batman commits himself to Arkham Asylum to investigate a series of uh, murders, but then he ends up being imprisoned by uh, Jeremiah Arkham. So, that's interesting. Um, Let's see. When Batman is shown being wheeled in on a stretcher, he raves, Robin, look out, Joker's got a bomb. This is a reference reference to Jason Todd, the second Robin in nice. the comic book series, of course, who was killed by the Joker blowing him up. But uh, Joker does not exist in this DCAU. Um, so, but it does seem that that could be... Or Jason does, I mean. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I like how it's Dr. Bartholomew. Yeah, I weird. always just think of the Dark Knight whenever I think of Doctor Bartholomew, uh, from Doctor Bartholomew Wolper, who's the Joker's psychiatrist in uh, the Dark Knight, or no, Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was about to say what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I always think of. Oh, so yeah, I didn't think laugh. about that. Yeah. Um, which uh. And, and also, another weird thing in this episode is they refer to Joker as Jack Napier. I I was I was wondering if you had caught that. Ugh. That's weird. But that's from that's from the Burton movie, it though, is. right? It's from the yeah. 89 movie. So, but that's why uh, I let it slide. It's a, it's a little... A little annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's a little annoying. Um, uh, the Scarecrow's been redesigned in this episode again. So pretty yeah, much every episode he's, yeah. he's slightly redesigned. Um, it's not too different from the last one from uh, no. um, 
Oh shoot! What's the, the name of the episode? Is it is it called Nothing to Fear? Fear of Victory. Fear, fear of Victory. Victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not too different, but it's a little. No. It's a little different. It's a little sleeker than the. It, uh, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, it does. I I think this might be the best. Uh, the the best Scarecrow look for this this uh series. Yeah, yeah. Because the one in the revamped one is just kind of odd. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Of that it's one. a little weird. Also, he's like two feet tall. Yeah, it, it looks kind of ridiculous. Kind of defeats the purpose. Um, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really look like a scarecrow. <laughs> no. Um, also, uh, I almost thought it was a different voice, but it, it's the same voice actor, Henry Pollock II. But uh, he's yeah doing the voice of Scarecrow, but it it does sound different. Like like he's doing. Yeah, something I think I noticed else. that a little bit at first. It's a little bit call, like t- slower or more restrained, I guess. Yeah, than it is in the other episodes. So I almost yeah, thought it was a different one, but it's not. But okay. I, 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 I'm just reading this thing on here. It, it's kind of more, um, professor, professory, okay. which I guess would make sense because that's kind of his whole point of this episode. Sure, it's conducting an experiment. But anyway, uh, yeah. So there's just some fun trivia stuff with this episode. But overall, another really good episode. All three really strong episodes to finish out. Uh, the first volume of um, of the animated series. So, Crazy. Not too bad. Any uh, final thoughts on these three episodes, Ian? No, I mean, yeah. They, they, quite, I know they weren't, you know, the ones that were the final ones to air, but yeah, very solid three to, to go out on. Especially the last one, like, being this weird, like, framing device for the episode. It's like, yeah, very solid. Yeah, Um. so Dreams and Darkness came out November 3rd, 1992. It was the 31st episode to be released. Um, has an 8.4 on IMDb. Damn. So pretty high okay. rating for bad. for this episode, for sure. All right. So that does it for the first volume of uh, wow. of Batman. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. That yeah, I mean, like, if you haven't watched it, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, if you haven't, then why are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, so next up, we're going back to uh, the Adam West Batman show. And um, I don't remember which which episode is next. Uh, I think it's with a Joker, right? I believe so. Or at least they always advertise <laughs> the next one's the Joker, but no, I, I think only the one time it's wrong. I think oh, okay. The, uh, I think it's right all the other times, but yeah, it's it's the Joker. <sighs> Let's see, what is it? Where are we at? We are at all right. The Joker trumps an ace. Batman sets the pace. Those okay. are the two. Two episodes we got coming up uh, next week. When we're back at Batman the Animated Series, we'll be starting Volume 2, which is uh, Eternal Youth and Perchance to Dream and the Cape and the Cow Conspiracy. So we got two really good episodes of of this one and one weird one that's funny. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's going to be. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. Yeah, we didn't talk about a uh, per chance dream's gonna be fun. We can do the whole episode on that. Pretty but, much. Um, yeah, so we got some some good ones coming up. We got the Joker and the Adam West show coming up next week, and then we're gonna have 
three really good episodes of Batman the Animated Series coming up the week after that. All right, so that does it for this episode. Um, make sure and follow us on Twitter at Uncaped Review. That's the Twitter page for for the show. I tweet all the episodes, all the links, all that stuff out on there. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. Just search Uncaped Crusaders Review. Uh, you should be able to find it there. I post all the links on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. You can follow me at Ian Bartberg. So do that as well. Ian doesn't use the Twitter account, although he can if he wants. But, oh, no. But if you, but he usually just uses his own account. But anyway, yeah, just pay you back. You can go and do that, and then uh, yeah, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That always helps. And um, let us know what your favorite Batman episodes are. That's always, yeah, always yeah. fun to hear for sure. All right, any uh, any last words, Ian? No, uh, just wash your hands. Don't go out if you don't have to, and hopefully all this crap will blow over soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely would be nice. Would be nice for this uh, coronavirus stuff to hopefully hopefully blow over as quickly as possible. Please. Yes, definitely. We need sports back. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>